We're in a series called People Skills. I want to say this right off the bat. Um, this series is for you. If your marriage is awesome right now, it's for you. If you haven't talked to your spouse in three months, this marriage is, this series is for you. If you're single and ready to mingle, this series is for you. If you're single and satisfied, this series is for you. If you're recently divorced and you're feeling shame, don't feel shame. This series is for you. If you've made some big mistakes recently in your relationships, this series is for you. It's for everybody. And the prayer is, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Not what are you saying to my spouse. But what are you saying to me? What can I learn during this series? What can I, what can I learn during this season of, of talks that we're going to have over the, literally the next six weeks? So I just want you to open your heart. No condemnation. I don't know what's going on in your personal life. I just want you to know that. Like, I'm not preaching to anyone. And, um, and if you're feeling shame, if you're feeling I should give up, if you're feeling I'm not worthy, that's from the devil. Give me an amen. That's from the devil. God has a plan for you, and he has a plan for your relationships. So I just, I'm just saying a lot up front. Um because I, I want you to hear my heart. Every week's going to be a little different. Sometimes we'll focus on marriage. Sometimes we'll focus on singles. Sometimes we'll focus on parenting. But we're going to we're going to have some great conversations. Um, also, want to yeah, just want to remind you uh, to uh, if you know if you have a child in the auditorium, if they start acting like a kid, we have an amazing kids ministry. But if you're not ready for that, the lobby is also available to you. And then, yeah, your, your phone has these little switches on them now. You can just click those off if you want to. And then we don't have to hear that. Um, here's what God said. It's not good for you to be alone. That's, this is not about marriage. This is about life. It's not good for you. Don't do this alone. Don't do this alone. Don't do this without community. Don't do this without family. Don't do this. Don't do this alone. God, God has a, a plan, a master plan plan for your relationships. And like every good thing in your life, relationships take work. Now what I'm telling you is the exact opposite of what culture is telling you. Here's, here's Hollywood in a nutshell. Love is easy. And if it's not easy, leave. Nothing good in your life is easy. Nothing good in your life is easy. So don't, so don't believe that lie. But now we, as much as we don't want to believe that lie, and as much as we know it's a lie, it's being fed to us constantly. So, so you gotta, you got to know that off the top, that it's going to take work. It's going to take conviction. It's going gonna, it's gonna to require grace. You know, I was thinking about why, why do marriages fail like we don't go into marriage to fail right we meant the vows we said at the time i don't think we i don't think we believed them but i think we meant them and sickness and in health we're always going to be healthy for better or worse it's never going to be worse i don't i don't think we believed them but i think we meant them but then you find out usually by like day 4 or 5 of the honeymoon That, like, is going to require work. It's going to require hustle. It's going to require commitment. And so 
I just, I just want to challenge you with that. Every good thing in your life. Listen, parenting takes work. Imagine if we approached parenting the way we approach marriage. This kid's too hard. Walk up to Summerlin Hospital. You're like, here you go. No. But, but <laughs> we do that with marriage. We're like, this, this man is too much. I think we just, we don't, we don't quite believe that it's going to take work, but it's worth the work. I want to say this to you. It's worth the work. I'm not saying that divorce never needs to happen. It, it does need to happen at times. You should not be in an abusive re- relationship. You, amen. You should not be in a relationship where, where you and your children are in danger. You should not be in a relationship where the, where the spouse has a pattern of adultery and You don't have to stay in that. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying um, the vast, vast, vast majority of marriages that end, it's um, irreconcilable differences. It's just like, this is not cool. It's not any one thing. It's just challenging. And I want to help you. I want to help you fight through that because it's so worth it. It's so worth it if you can break through. Okay, so we're going to start in Proverbs, and then I'm going to pray. Above all else, above all else, above every other thing in your life right now, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do, let me go further, everything you think, everything you pray, everything you say, everything you sing, everything you do flows from it. So I want to talk from this subject, a guarded heart and a peaceful life. This is where I want you to live. I got a guarded heart, and it's leading to a peaceful life. Father, I pray that you would speak to us, not just today, but over these next six weeks, I pray that you would just strengthen people for their season. I pray this would be a series of wisdom, a series of insight, a series of change, a series of mercy, a series of repentance, and a, and a series of restoration. In Jesus' name, give me a good, loud amen, everybody. Yes. Amen. I promise I will not ask for another amen for at least two minutes, okay? <laughs> guard, your, guard your heart. Uh, the reason that the ancients called it your heart is because they believe that your physical heart, this organ right here, and the core of who you were were inseparable. So they saw your heart as the seedbed of emotion, of thought, of reality. One theologian said that your heart is where your soul, mind, will, and emotions, and your spirit meet. Jesus would say it like this, out of your belly, out of your core, out of your heart, out of, out of the deepness of who you are, out of your belly would flow living water. Solomon says, guard your heart because out of it your life will flow. My heart is the real me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many know you can fake it for a little bit? You're in a huge fight at your house, throwing blows, screaming, yelling, I'm leaving. Ah. 
but you forget friends are coming over for dinner and <laughs> hey Bill <laughs> right on time you're punctual aren't you <laughs> how's everything good good come in come in take your shoes off come in go man. <laughs> <laughs> fighting at dinner at a restaurant and the waitress comes up hi how are you good 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 we're doing great we're great we're great we need two bottles of wine we're great uh, <laughs> you, you can fake it. You know, we come to church. Hi, we smile. How you doing? Good. We got struggle. We got, you can fake it. But, but I, I want to say this. Eventually, and sometimes you have to because sometimes it, it's, not appropriate, it's not appropriate to, you know, be a certain way in public. But eventually, my life will flow. My life will go. My life is heading in the direction of my heart. Eventually. I can fake it. But eventually my life is going and my life is flowing in the direction of my heart. Now this is very important because Jesus gives us the reason for divorce. The the heart issue of divorce. Now he's going to give us reasons why we can divorce. But he's going to give us the heart reason for divorce. Are you, are you ready for it? Matthew 19, 8, Jesus said, Moses provided for divorce as a concession to your hard-heartedness. But it is not God's original plan. Here's what Jesus says. And you know this, especially if you've gone through divorce, you know this. Divorce happens... Because someone's heart got hard. It might have been yours and you left the marriage. It might have been your, you fought tooth and nail to keep it together and they left. But somebody's heart got hard. And, and you go, well, what, is that, what does that look like? Here's what it looks like. The, the Greek word would be it waxed cold. Okay, so you, when you first light a candle, it's solid, right? Forget about it for about 30 minutes. You come back to it, and it's liquid. But once you blow out that flame, it's going to wax cold. It's going to grow hard again. Jesus says, if you're not careful, that's why we've got to guard our heart. My heart will, will wax cold towards my spouse. See, before adultery, it's cold. Before the violence, it's cold. Before... You sleep in different bedrooms, it's cold. Before you start communicating to your spouse through your kids, well, Johnny, daddy's a little grumpy today, isn't he? Yep. What? It's cold. So <laughs> there's grace. There's grace. Okay, there's grace. Uh, I, I learned that one quick. Goldie was about two. She just started talking. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, you want to talk about dysfunction in me? Immediately I started talking to Shannon through Goldie. The moment I had someone to talk to. <laughs> this was years ago. Amen. This is over three years ago. And Shannon goes, hey, you know you're talking to me through her, right? And I was like, oh, my Jesus. I am broken. <laughs> Father, forgive me. And Shannon, forgive me. Okay. Um, you're, 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 so, so you might feel that right now. Someone's heart grows cold. Relationships break down 
when at least one person's heart grows cold. So, so we got we to gotta keep the warmth. And that's more than sex and that's more than romance. Amen. 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 <laughs> All the ladies are saying amen. The, the men are like, what? <laughs> the heck? <laughs> okay, so it's more than sex. It, it includes sex, though. And no man's going to say amen. At this point, every man's like, Jesus, I just, I don't even know, Jesus. I love relationship series because the women are usually more vocal. The men are like, I want to, but they're, they're doing um, SOS with their Morse code. They're like this. Okay. So, so I got to guard my heart. I got to guard my heart. I have to guard my heart so that my heart doesn't grow cold. I got to guard my heart so my heart doesn't grow hard. I got I to gotta guard my heart so that I can live a peaceful life. I have to guard my heart because whether I like it or not, I cannot fake a hard heart forever. Eventually, my life's going to flow that way, so I have to guard it. Let me, let me give you three things, just three today, that you have to guard your heart against. And the first is this, sin. Sin. Now, if you don't go to this church, you probably never heard that word because a lot of churches don't like to use that word anymore. But it's a real word. It's a big Bible word. And usually if we hear sin, we hear it in the context of your sin is forgiven. Amen. Um, but just because you're forgiven doesn't mean you're not foolish. And just because God forgives you doesn't mean that your sin won't destroy your life and destroy your relationships. Okay, I can go down to the little Buffalo Wild Wings right now and rob it. I don't know how much cash they've got. Give me all the chicken wings you got. I don't know. <laughs> like, God will, God will forgive me, but I'm going to jail. I could go to Lee's and, and get drunk and drive out of here and hit somebody and kill somebody. God could forgive me, but I'm going to... I've destroyed my life and destroyed the lives of others. Sin is a big deal. I just want you to, you're going, oh, man, now I feel bad. That's all right. It's actually okay to come to church and be like, ow. I go to this girl, JoJo, to get my back adjusted. It's never good. It's never good until after. She puts these cups on my back, and she popping, and needles going in, and she's moving me around, and it's, ne- it's an hour of hell. <laughs> but a day later, you're like, whoa, okay. Check this out. All right. Okay. You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Okay, please hear this. Sin is crouching at your door. Here's how I want you to see sin because you've got to see it for what it is. Eager to control. In the presence of control is the presence of sin. By the way, if I ever get controlling up here, you know I've got secret sin. Because you're and the antichrist spirit is a spirit of control. This is why America is so important to the world. 
because the freedom that we experience here is the last thing pushing back one world government. You just have to understand that. And I know, I know it's 2022, so everyone hates America now, but I love this nation. And this nation is the hope of the world. I'm just going to tell you that. Because it's, it's pushing back on control. When there's a Catholic service in Australia this week and the cops come in to check compliance, and it's happening in Canada. All right, so I'm sorry. You all got me. Because where there's control, there's sin. Now let's bring it all the way down. If there's control in the marriage, there's sin. Sir, if you're controlling her, that's sinful. Lady, if you're controlling him, ma'am, if you're controlling him, it's sinful. You, you, you have to learn to express what you need, but don't use control. Okay. So what is sin? Sin is, first and foremost, to miss the mark. Um, God called us to do something, and we, and we miss the mark. There, there's a bullseye, and we miss it. We all do it. We all sin, right? Some of you don't want to sin. Good. You're a Christian. You have a new nature. You don't want to sin, but you sin. You don't plan on it. You're not scheduling for it. <laughs> you didn't wake up thinking you would do it. You're surprised when you, aren't, aren't we awesome? We're still surprised when we sin. We're like, where did that, who is that guy? It's you. Uh, <laughs> it's me. I still get mad on the road, and I go, who is that guy driving? Who? Yes, yes. Oh, it was me. Okay, yeah. I got issues. Um, sin, we're all, we're all going to sin, but, and, and there's grace for sin and we should be repenting of sin and we should be trying to push sin by the grace of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit out of our life. Okay. But where it really becomes destructive is when sin becomes, here's another Bible word. It becomes a trespass. Here's what a trespass is. It's to go outside of the limits outside of the boundaries, going into places and spaces you are not allowed to go. Now, I, I grew up in rural New Mexico where there's a lot of open land, but it's fenced in, and you go up to that fence, you're going to see big orange signs, no trespassing. That is not yours to go into. Okay, we lock our doors at night because we don't want people to trespass, to come into a place that they're not allowed to come into. You have to be very careful in your marriage not to let trespassing happen. Okay, here's what I mean, very practical. Don't do anything that would make your spouse feel uncomfortable, embarrassed, hurt, insecure, or betrayed. Yeah, okay, well, now you don't need to clap. It's okay. We're... You, you... Would that text message make your wife feel secure, sir, or insecure? Would you liking that photo on Instagram make her feel secure or insecure? Would you following that fitness model make her feel secure or insecure? I'm just trying to get in shape. I bet you are, brother. I bet you are. <laughs> Is this too practical? You're like, I don't, what's Instagram? 
Would that conversation with that coworker make your wife feel secure or insecure? You got to be careful that you're not trespassing, that you're not going out of the limits into limits that God has said you can't, you can't go here. So the, the book of Psalms actually says that God has boundary lines for us and they are pleasant. You're never going to meet a happy adulterer. They're never happy because God hasn't given you enough grace for two lives. You don't have enough grace for it. You only have grace to do what God's called you to do. His boundary line, ooh, they're pleasant. When I'm honoring Shannon, loving Shannon, serving Shannon, oh boy, that's pleasant. And, and if you try to get out of those boundary lines, it's not pleasant. I, pro- like, I promise you God is not some dud up in the sky, prude up in the sky, trying to keep your life from joy. No, he's trying to keep you in a pleasant place. Complaining about your spouse, how would that make them feel if they heard the things you said about them? And ladies, you do it too. Amen. So, okay, y'all got quiet now, but let's talk to you now. The guys are like, please. Okay. What, 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 what do you say about him when he's not around? How would it make him feel if he heard you say that? And, and now let me say this. It, it not only would hurt them, but is creating distance in your heart from them. Right? So you start complaining or you start flirting, or you start just a little bit. It may not be a, a chapter in verse sin that, that they can find. See, sometimes you sin against God, but sometimes you sin against people. Because if you're making someone made in the image of God to feel secure and less than, and you're sinning against them. God's given you this gift of a spouse. And you're sinning against them. And so, guard your heart against sin. Be- before the sin, because ha- it's crouching. So, so you find yourself with a coworker, and it could just get funny, or it could just get a little flirtation, or just, and I promise you, sin is there. But he ain't smiling. It's a lion licking its lips, just waiting. And at that moment, you go, I got to go. And you, I'm never alone with women, ever. It's not because I think, I'm, come on, I'm nothing. I'm, look at me. I'm, I'm body by pizza. But I'm never alone with women, ever. I don't get in the car with them. I don't eat lunch with them. I don't go to the office with them. Never. Why? Because people are stupid. Is that, okay, because I'm stupid. Because you just never, you just, why even go there? Why even, why even give the appearance of evil, the Bible says. I just don't, we never go there. Okay. Sin wants to control, Genesis 4 says. But when we receive Jesus, we receive him as Lord Jesus doesn't want to control you, but he does want to lead you. Difference. We are to lead our children. We are are to lead in our home, but that isn't control. So so who will lead your marriage, sin or Jesus? Now, I'm going to leave that up 
And I want you to, I want you to wrestle with this week, not, not about your spouse, you. I want you to wrestle this week with this. Here's, here's what sin looks like. Secrets, selfish, cold, lust, all about me. Here's what Jesus looks like. Service, kindness, humility, and love. All about us. Okay. Who's leading your marriage? Because it's, it's one of those two spirits. And, and, and one of those is going to lead out, and I'm, I'm just looking at my notes because I got so much to say and I got to keep it moving. And some of you are like, amen, keep it moving. <laughs> Allow Jesus to lead the marriage. Allow Jesus in. Push the sin out. Guard your, literally, literally guard your heart means stand your guard. Because sin always starts small and relatively innocent. But sin always grows with a desire to control. And we are not to be, Paul said it like this, I will be mastered by nothing. So that the apostle Paul, I will not be mastered by anything. I won't be mastered by greed. I won't be mastered by lust. I won't be mastered by anger. I won't be mastered by hatred. I, won't, I will not be mastered by anything. Number two, you got to guard your heart against resentment. Guard your heart against resentment. One doctor said it like this. Resentment is the very complex, multi-layered emotion that has been described as a mixture of disappointment, Disgust, anger, and fear. Guard your heart against this. Now, you go, wow, disappointment, disgust, anger, and fear. How, how does that happen? Well, it, it happens because we're so radically different. Um, let me just ask, check with the married couples. Whether you've been married for six months or 60 years, how many know that you and your spouse are different? Can I get a... Just different. I'm not saying you're better or they're better. Just we're different. You could have the same Enneagram numbers. You could have the same personality traits. You could, you could have a lot in common. You could, you could understand each other's love language. But at the end of the day, no matter what our culture tells us, men and women are different. Yes. Period. Yes. They're just different. You look at, you look at our little Goldie and you, and you look at little Archer. Yeah, they are just different. Boys are just different than girls. Girls, they're just, we're just different. And, and yes, we, we mature through some of our differences, but we're, but we're not to erase our differences. We should actually celebrate our differences. We're not, we're not, gonna, we're not, we're not trying to get rid of gender. We're actually trying to celebrate each other's uniqueness. Boy, I'm not trying to be so controversial today. I'm really not. I'm not trying to say any of this. It's just, you start talking about this stuff and it starts, the, you know, the it's in there. What's the goes in there? Can I get some ice water or something? No, just kidding. So, so you got it. So you got to, you got to watch the resentment. Now here's what resentment looks like. Hebrews 12, 15. 
that no bitter root, no bitter root grows. Here's the issue with resentment. It starts under the surface. It starts, you don't see it right away. But the stronger the roots, the greater the tree. And I want to I just challenge women for one moment. When men get angry, at first especially, they get quiet. Now, if, they, if they've got a radical anger issue, then yeah, it might look like holes in the wall and throwing stuff. And, but I'm saying for most men in the room, when they get angry, they get quiet. Now, men, you've got to know that that quietness is not healthy. Because here's what's happening. The roots are growing deeper. You have to communicate. You have to talk. You have to open up. And, and ladies, it's very hard for us to talk. So when we do, please be gracious. Because we're, we're not going to say enough. And what we do say, we're going to say wrong. I went to breakfast. It was Brandon, EJ, and Fern. We went to breakfast Tuesday morning. We said like four words. We're guys. Good food. I don't know where EJ's at. EJ, good. Mm, eggs. All right, see you guys at work. You know, that was it. We all felt closer. That's all we know. Shannon goes, how was breakfast? Good. What did you guys talk about? Good. You know, that's all we got. If Shannon would have taken four girls from the church out for breakfast, she oh my God, let me just tell you what happened. Oh my God, there's so much drama happening over in the, in the greeters. We got to talk about that. And, you know, there's marriage is really struggling. We got to pray for them. And I, none of that came up. Good. Potato. We're just guys. Okay, here's what a healthy marriage requires. Check this out. Repentance, forgiveness, and compromise. We're going to leave this up for a while. We're going to talk through it. Repentance, forgiveness, compromise. I want everyone online, throw it in the chat, in the room, correctional facilities, in the lobby. We're all going to say it together. Y'all ready? Repentance, Repentance. forgiveness, Forgiveness. compromise. compromise. Okay, here's what repentance means. No excuses when you make mistakes. Own it. And humble yourself. Well, yeah, I know I did that, but I was just really mad. Or I was just, well, it was just really stressful. Well, there was just a lot going on. Well, there's, own it. Own it. A I'm sorry is going to go so much further than 25 excuses. Just own it. Own it at the, at the sake of your pride. Own it. I want to defend myself, but I'm, actually, I'm just going to own it because I was wrong. I could give you a thousand reasons why I was wrong. Like, how did that work for Adam? Like, what if Adam would have just looked at God and go, I'm so sorry I ate that fruit. No, he didn't. He goes, God, the woman that you gave me. <laughs> God's like, mm, not going to work. <laughs> but we do that. Yeah, I got angry, but my job. Yeah, I got angry, but you know what I wanted? Well, yeah, I got angry, but you never sleep with me. Well, I know I got angry, but own it. Apologize. Forgiveness. 
Forgiveness means not using your spouse's mistakes against them and not allowing hatred in your heart. Now, I'm going to unpack this. This does not mean you cannot confront patterns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can confront. A good marriage will, will require good conflict. It just will. If you, want a good, if you think you can have a great marriage without conflict, it's not great. It's just not great. It's all boiling under. It's a volcano ready to burst. It's going to require good conflict. So, so it doesn't mean you can't. But, and let me say this. And never let someone demand forgiveness from you. No one could demand you to forgive them. Well, Jesus said forgive, so you need to forgive. Wow, that's strong. It's under the blood of Jesus. It's, no. No one can demand. If someone is demanding forgiveness of you, watch. They don't want grace. They are using forgiveness as a weapon to manipulate. Ladies, if he hits you, he can't demand forgiveness of you. And you staying is empowering him to do it again. I'm not saying there can't be restoration for the marriage, but I am saying we got, some, we got a long journey ahead. I'm not saying you can't forgive for, for adultery, but we got a long journey ahead. And the journey ahead is not, you need to forgive me because Jesus said forgive me. That is not the journey. The journey is going to be counseling. The journey is going to be deep repentance. The journey is going to be long. You, you cannot use a spiritual principle to get what you want from a person. It is always evil. Let me just give you an example of this. Every November, we receive a miracle offering. Here's what we ask you to do. We ask you to go talk to God. We don't tell you to give, nor do we tell you what to give. We ask you, can you go talk to God about this? And if God gives you a number, great. And if it's 100 bucks, great. And if it's 100,000, great. And if it's $4, great. And if God says don't give, great. Because I can never use the Bible to get what I want from you. Okay. Well, 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 well. But, but there does need to be forgiveness. Because if you choose to stay and there is repentance... You, you can't withhold forgiveness. Like, you got to make the decision. And by the way, even if the marriage ends, you have to forgive. <laughs> Just FYI. They never apologize. If it never works out, if you never speak to them again, in your heart you need to forgive. In order to be free for, for your next season. Okay. And it also requires compromise. Compromise is giving in. Not giving up. I guess, yeah, I'll just do it her way because that's just what, that's not compromise. Well, I better say yes to him or he's just going to freak out. That's not compromise. Compromise is giving in. Um, we're compromising towards a common good. I may not get exactly what I want, but I want what's best for the marriage. So many of you in this room, you have, there's two mentalities that most of you fit in, and neither of them are good. So don't say amen or don't say, just listen. Because I, I don't want to say it, and you're like, yes! And I'm like, no, that's not actually healthy. 
most people fall into, into two, two things, even in Christianity. One is happy wife, happy life. Someone wants to say amen so bad, they're like, <laughs> you hear that? Well, you know, what's mine is hers, and what's hers is hers. <laughs> We're having fun. You're not having fun. Ma'am, if he's saying that, I promise you there's stuff in here. I'm just telling you. He ain't happy. He'll, he, and, his, and his heart can't lie forever. Number two, I'm the man of this house. I'm the breadwinner, praise God. I'm the head of this household. I'm going to dare you. I'm the leader of this house. I'm on. How's that working, bro? <laughs> so neither work, neither work. Compromise works. Before the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 5, and we'll, we'll get into this in, in a few weeks. Before the Apostle Paul tells wives, submit to your husbands, he first says, submitting to one another as unto Christ. There is a mutual compromise. And the compromise is, I want what's best for us, not just what is best for me. I want what is best for the marriage, not just what's best for my desire at this very moment. I'm giving in. I'm not giving up. And where there is either happy wife, happy life, or I'm the head of this household, or I'm the man of the house... Both of those are unhealthy and both are leading to resentment. It doesn't mean there are on the fewest, 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 fewest occasions. I've looked at Shannon and said, I really believe I've heard from the Lord. And she said, okay, I trust you. Let's do it. But I'm talking in 15 years, twice maybe. And I even say twice, I can't think of one. It, we've, we, we always agree when it's a big decision. Okay, no, I'm not talking about every time we go to dinner that we, you know, <laughs> we might eat at her favorite place. Or might eat, that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about when it, it's mutual compromise. Okay. And then, and then what you learn, by the way, is, is you, you learn about things that just don't matter. She'll send me stuff even about church. She'll go, hey, what do you think about this? I'm like, 100. I don't, even want, I don't even want to think about it. Yes. If you if you're like it, yes. I was thinking about this rug for the house. Totally. I'm not, like you, gotta, you just got to learn too, like when to, yeah? Okay. But I'm, I'm thinking right now about men who are like, yeah, that's, I wanted that 90-inch TV, and she was like not letting me, and she's not compromising. No, that's ugly. It's ugly, sir. I'm just going to tell you. A big TV is ugly. No, it really is. And I know I'm just going to have your wife's back here for a second. You just got to chill on that, okay? Or go get you a little separate room or do something. I don't know what you got to do, but, okay, we, we can't be having a 90-inch thing in your living room eating up the whole thing, okay? All right. Some dude's leaving the church today. He's like, I'm out. I thought I liked him. I thought he got me. He doesn't. Give me, I got six weeks, okay? Just chill today. Chill, okay? I got a lot. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get there. Number, number three, you got to guard your heart against voices of division. What God has joined together, 
Let no one separate. This is, this is Mark chapter 10, verse 9. What, what God is doing, don't, don't let anyone. Don't let anyone separate it. It could be friends. It could be just the culture that we're in. It could be spiritual warfare. It could be entertainment. It could be, it could be your unwise schedule. It could be your kids. Listen, Goldie, you're sleeping in your room, dog. Because what God is going to join together tonight, let no one separate. I'm just telling you, in the Chavez home growing up, when my parents' door was shut, we didn't know exactly what was going on in there. But we, unless my arm had been cut off or an eye was out or you didn't knock. We didn't understand everything that was going on as a 10-year-old. We just knew we just, the door shut. Now the, now, okay. Now the answer to a divided home, because many of you feel right now, you're like, man, we're, we're divided. Maybe, maybe you're not even sleeping in the same room right now. Maybe, maybe you're really in some deep conflict. Listen, the answer to a divided home is not chemistry or hobbies. It is transparency and openness. And I know you kind of don't believe me, but it's true. See, when, when we were newlyweds, we would fight about, like, we don't have anything in common. Now we, now we love that because it gives us space. Like if Shannon ever came to me and was like, I want to start golfing with you, I'd have to pray about that. I'd have to, I'd have to go on a fa- I'd say, I'll see you in three days. I'm going to go to the mountain. Because that's my time. That's my time with the guys. That's, whoa, man, that would be. So what we would have fought about 15 years ago, we now enjoy. That's just one example. I'm not. I'm. Just, I'm just saying. There. There. It's not about hobbies and chemistry necessarily. We have. We have great chemistry. I hope you understand what I'm saying. It, it's. It's about openness and transparency. It's about trust. What makes a great marriage is great trust. Okay. Okay. According to marriage expert Dr. Jimmy Evans, and you can write this name down, Jimmy Evans an amazing marriage expert. He says, the common trait in thriving couples isn't compatibility, it's transparency. Couples who make it work are honest, vulnerable, and transparent about everything. In marriage, the depth of your transparency will determine the depth of your intimacy. Okay. In the first marriage, Adam and Eve, here's, what the, here's how the Bible explains them. Naked and unashamed. This is not about nudity. This is not about feeling confident with your physical body. It was a, it was a picture of health. It was a picture of no secrets. Naked and unashamed. Okay. Okay. There was an openness to each other and to God. Now, think about what happens when sin enters the garden. First of all, they blame each other. Number two, they hide. And number three, they cover. I just wonder, 
Where are you at right now in your marriage? I'm not talking about your spouse. I'm talking about you. Are you naked and unashamed? Or are you blaming, hiding, and covering? I'm, I'm just, I'm challenging you. Your phone should be all access to your spouse. Your phone should be naked and unashamed without any naked pictures on it. Your browsing history should be naked and unashamed. I hope you understand what I'm actually saying here. Okay, yeah. Your text threads should be in the light. This is what God calls us to in 1 John 1, 7. Walk in the light. Walk in the light. Your marriage should be in the light. Walk in the light as he is in the light. And then we'll have fellowship with one another. Why, why, why are you separate? There's no light. Light represents revelation. Light represents naked and unashamed. There's intimacy. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on my device and Shane goes, what are you looking at? I go, nothing. I'm, just try, I'm trying to get as honest as I can get here. And you're going, that's not us right now, Jabin. Okay, now we have something to fight for. I'm, I'm, I'm challenging you. Not tonight. I'm not, you, you, can't, you can't turn the ship in, in, in 24 hours. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying we got to bring more light into our marriage, more transparency into our marriage. And, and where I got that quote from Jimmy Evans is, is the, the article is why happy couples divorce. Because you look at them and you go, God, they both like the same things. Man, they, they even look alike. And man, they, 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 get, they seem to get along and they have the same interests. And whoa, and then it ended. What Because all of that is on the outside. We're talking about a transparency. Okay. I'm going to give you some very quick tips. Weekly date night. Weekly date night. No kids, no phones. I mean, in the sense of you're not just texting the whole time. You're weekly date night. It's expensive because babysitters are expensive. You can go to In-N-Out. It's expensive because of babysitter. It's expensive. It's an investment. It's timed. It's planned. It's scheduled. It's hard. It's worth it. And sometimes it might be a beautiful dinner on the strip, and, and sometimes it might be fast food, and sometimes it might be, we can't even talk. We're so tired. Let's just go to a movie. But at least there's date night. When my wife and I went on our anniversary trip back in August, we, we landed in Sacramento, and the drive from Sacramento to Napa is like an hour and a half. And, we, we, and then the, the flight there, you know, from the time we left the house to everything, we pulled into Napa. And as we were pulling in, I went, is this the hotel? And then I started laughing. I go, this is the first time we've talked in five hours. Because you know if you got kids, it's just nonstop. And it was like, ah. So even the silence can be good. Just, you know, then we just laughed about it and then we started talking. But it was like, whoa, we haven't talked. It was wonderful. I was just quiet. That should be a part of your date night. It should, it should be different. No secrets. Access to all social media accounts, men and women. Same bank accounts. I know that's going to freak everybody out. If, you, if, if that is just terrifying, get over it. 
And in the meantime, while you're doing that, you need access to each other's bank accounts. Should be total access. Mealtime without phones. Mealtime without phones. Connecting around. Good friends going in the same direction. I'm guarding my heart. I know I preached long today. Forgive me. I'm guarding my heart against those voices of division. I'm guarding my heart against resentment. I'm guarding my heart against sin. Why? Because I want a peaceful life. Because God has these boundary lines for me that are pleasant. God has a boundary line for me and my spouse and our family that is pleasant. But if I'm going to have a boundary line, just like at our home, we have a boundary line. But we also have locks. We also have security. And we also have cameras. and Because we we're, we're standing guard against anything that could enter our home physically that could bring harm. And in my heart, I'm standing guard against anything that could bring harm to my heart. Boy, it's worth it. I'm just telling you, I don't, I don't care how bad it is right now. It's worth the fight. It's worth the fight. Come on up, Zach. It's worth the fight. Maybe a marriage has just ended and, and, you're, and you're going, man, I feel so hopeless. I'm telling you, there's a great season ahead for you. There's hope after divorce. There's restoration after divorce. There's, there's new beginnings after some of you are single. All you've known is dysfunction. And you're going, man, I've never, I've never had a relationship like this, dating or married. There's, I'm just telling you, there's so much wisdom in this book for you. Everything I said today was just straight Bible wisdom that will give you the, it will give you the John 10, 10 life. Jesus said, I've come to you to give you life and life more abundantly. Like I, Jesus is going, trust me, I got the best life for you. It's pleasant. It's peaceful. Watch, but we must be guarded. Father, I'm praying for my friends today. I'm praying for my brothers and sisters in the room and overflow online. I'm, I'm praying in the name of Jesus for your strength. I'm praying for grace today. I'm praying for mercy today. I'm praying. Um, I'm praying for me. And, I, and I'm hoping today, God, that every single one of us will, will wrestle with you this week. Not, not fighting our spouse, but wrestling with you and saying, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Holy Spirit, what do you have for me? What do you have for us? And I thank you, Lord, that you will answer. I thank you for the courage for those who need to apologize, that they'll apologize. I thank you for the mercy for those who need to forgive, that they'll forgive. I thank you that hope is being released right now for the next season ahead. Hope, hope, hope in Jesus' name. Get your hopes up. Good days are on the horizon. Better days. We have gone through two very stressful, fearful, painful years, but I'm declaring an open heaven over you. I'm declaring an open heaven over your family. Hallelujah. I'm declaring open heaven over your children. I'm declaring the rain of God's refreshing Holy Spirit is falling on you today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. amen.
and amen. Let's give God all the praise for his word today.